Welcome to the June 15th edition of the PFF Forecast. Eric and George and uh, we're, we're getting positive today. We're talking about one thing we like in the AFC, in the North and the South. Um, and we're going to do this for every single division. We're going to break them up two by two because um, that's how the good book told us to bring them in. So uh, it's going to be a fun podcast. We will talk about every single team. We may as well throw some bets we like in uh, about all the teams where there is a bet that presents itself that we enjoy. Let's rock. Alrighty, um, it, this is going to be new for you. Uh, we're going to stay positive the entire time while talking about football teams. You think you can do that? I think I can. I actually really liked the Denny Carter tweet where he said, "I think uh, I think beat writers should uh, hate, despise the teams they cover." And the number of people that tweeted back, basically being like, "The guy that follows or beat writes for my team already hates the team he covers." It's like. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's just this thought of like ne- any negativity um, is viewed as uh, you know uh, or any objectivity is viewed as as outright negativity in a in a uh, and, and you know it's like you know somebody has it out for the Jets it's like no the the scoreboard over the last twenty years has had it out for the Jets like this person doesn't affect that so we're gonna be positive though for every one of these teams and there's a few. Uh, in sort of studying for this where I, I kind of was, was fairly, um, uh, you know, I, I ended up, I ended up finding some things I really liked about some of these teams. So, uh, I, I can't wait to, uh, partake. It's always refreshing to uh, have a positive view on things. Uh, my, you know, what's interesting is as I was going through and thinking about each of these teams, um, and I, I did my best to do these before looking at yours, and then checked yours to make sure that I didn't have any that were exactly the same. And I'll call out where there were ones that, you know, was similar to you. Um, I found that it's, I always start out, you know, generally trying to be positive with, with teams. And, uh, you know, we definitely get, uh, I think I'm sure there are people here that listen to this podcast, a bunch who are laughing, members of the syndicate who are laughing because it's easy to get, you know, caught up in, okay, well, you know, this isn't going well, or, you know, let's talk about this and um, you know, why this could be better and this could be better. And the fact of the matter is, is that as you go on the NFL season, it's kind of like everything, man. Like once you start uncovering the things that are going on, there's a lot of things that you can improve, right? It's like, I don't know, it's it's true about life as well. well you know, you meet someone and you go, oh, this person's fantastic. This is great. You know, it, it's, it's that uh, puppy love syndrome, right? It's like, there's nothing wrong with this person. And then you start to uncover the things you go, wow, you know, it's a little weird. Uh, you know, I, this is this is not great. Like this could improve. And you, you start to pick nits and it's really nice to kind of step back and be positive for a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think that you you get no more of how this the whole thing is slanted towards positivity than when you look at like, let's say the ESPN beat reporters all uh, predict the number of wins their team gets and it mm-hmm. adds up to mm-hmm. way more than like the 272 or whatever it ends up needing to be. Um, you also get it where you'll look at, um, you know, you'll look at fan sites and they'll be like, oh, the addition of so-and-so and so-and-so. It's like, yeah, every play, every single team in the NFL minus like two or three 
had a first round pick just like you did. Like this is a relative situation and I know your team got better, but everybody got better. Whereas as a season progresses, it's really mitigating the number of things that can go wrong, whether those things are injuries, whether those things are, you know, locker room problems, things don't really get better. They just continue to get worse. And, and so, um, you know, it's a war of attrition, baby. That's right. Exactly. So that's where I, I'm a, a little bit like, you know, let's lay out some positive stuff so we can talk about the good things of these teams, the good times that was uh, average shows. And then we'll, uh, we'll move on to, uh, you know, eventually later in the off season, why, uh, just, just hating everything. under is the right bet on all of these guys. Um, that sounds like a plan. Okay. Let's, um, let's get rolling. Um, and let's start with, uh, the Norte. So we'll start with the defending AFC North champion, Super Bowl losing Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the, the thing you like most, or one thing that you like about the Cincinnati Bengals is what? There was a great press conference wherein Joe Burrow was talking about how he might have to deal with more two high looks, uh, you know, because of how good they are at wide receiver. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really good out of Burrow. I think every time Burrow talks, you know, you get the sense that he really gets football and you really under, he really understands the game. And I think one thing that's going to curb a, a lot of the bad stuff from happening is how good T. Higgins is. I, I actually think that we underestimate how good T. Higgins is relative to, you know, other number twos in the league. And I know our own Ben Lindsay rated them number one and in receiving core. And I think, you know, I think most people are looking at Jamar Chase. And by the way, Jamar Chase is great. In our NGS metric, he was the best player on deep balls in football last year. Or Tyler Boyd, who put up another 900-yard year if you include the playoffs. But Higgins last year, the last three games of the year, so we're really counted in the playoffs, 96 yards. That was a really tough Tennessee game that required them to overcome nine sacks. He had 96 yards in that game. He had 103 yards against Kansas City in a game where Kansas City, after reeling, uh, giving up a bunch of stuff to Chase in the in the regular season meeting, did a pretty good job on Chase, could not contain Higgins, lost the game as a result, and then 100 yards in the Super Bowl. Uh, I think that T. Higgins, and, and I've been talking all offseason about how much I think the Bengals might regress from a record standpoint, even if they do better from a team standpoint. I think T. Higgins is going to keep them from falling too far off this year. Uh, I like that one quite a bit. Um, and, uh, that, however, was not one that, um, I was, uh, I was considering. So, um, obviously I love T Higgins. The thing that I like most about the Cincinnati Bengals is that they're right now number eight in our offensive line rankings. And they've done so with good reason. Their offensive line was not great last year, in particular right guard, um, especially during the playoff run where they just got eaten alive. Lowest graded um, right guard uh, play in the NFL last year during the playoffs. It was really terrible and blinking on the guy's name, but he does not uh, deserve to be remembered here in this moment. And you see, I'm getting negative. Uh Yes, at an EG. Um, and they've, they've gone and now they've gotten Ted Karras at center. Right guard Alex Kappa comes over from the Bucks, and they've got Lyle Collins over there at right tackle. Jonah Williams, former... Uh, first round pick uh, at left tackle and, um, you know, Jackson Carmen over there at left guard, who was a high draft pick of theirs, and they're looking to develop. And what I like about this is not just that it's 
improved. And they're number eight right now. You go to pff.com and see our offensive line uh, unit rankings. But what's ironic to me about this is that number nine is the Cincinnati, uh, sorry, the Kansas City Chiefs. And we made a ton, a big deal about the Cincinnati, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs last year when they went and spent all this money, right? Spent all this money on Joe Tooney. They went and traded a ton of capital for Orlando Brown, spent a, a high draft pick on Creed Humphrey, who, by the way, has been really, really good. And what this, th- what I love about this is that the Bengals, you know, they pay, they spent a decent amount for Lyle Collins, but all in all, they didn't go totally crazy. And they put together a solid, but not incredibly star-studded offensive line. And I love that for them. And I, I hope that that encourages Joe Burrow to feel comfortable back there. I think that in this year with more time and reps with those with those receivers there's a chance that he takes fewer sacks on his own and also as a result of his offensive line very good okay now for the baltimore ravens i put since aaron donald entered the league in 2014 oh by the way this i wrote this before jj watt who will be mentioned here J.J. Watt and Aaron Donald have generated the most war among interior defenders in the NFL. Third on that list is none other than Eric Eager follower on Twitter, Calais Campbell. (laughs) I tweeted uh, when Donald got his contract, in 2022 cap dollars, one war is worth roughly 50 million bucks. Um, So Donald's average adding about $33 million value per year. Not bad. Calais Campbell responds to me, $50 million. I guess I'm going to need to get my war up. <laughs> so so Calais Campbell, back on this team on a reasonable price as well, uh, mind you, is one of the most valuable players in football. It continues to be great. Hasn't been quite as good in Baltimore as he was in other places, but you're still talking about like a quarter of a win player, which is, which is you know fantastic for uh, a defensive lineman. Um, to circle back, though, J.J. Watt tweeted out a picture of himself throwing a pass, right? Did you mm-hmm. see this? Uh, no, I did not. So J.J. Watt tweeted out a picture of himself throwing a pass, and it said, F it, hop down there somewhere, referring to DeAndre Hopkins. The DraftKings main account mm-hmm. quote tweeted it and said, intercepted. Wow. Not to be, not to be outdone. J.J. Watt retweeted it, quote tweeted it with a picture of DraftKings stock price over time and said, you might want to think about intercepting some profits sometime soon. So that's my favorite thing JJ Watt's ever done. I I think Watt is like incredibly witty and, but like is in kind of like a, in a weird, like a LeBronian Mm -hmm. way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, the yeah. whole like picture of him with the Cardinal stuff on right. and blah, 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 blah. But this is remarkable. Man, that's good. That's really good. Um, he just murdered somebody. Like a whole yeah. person. It's, it's fair. Um, my favorite thing about the Baltimore Ravens, I had a tough time picking one here because there were a lot. But I think ultimately my favorite thing is that they traded a guy that dropped like 20 passes last year for a first round pick. Yeah. I like Hollywood Brown. I had him on my fantasy team last year. He was great despite all those drop passes. That was a thievery by the Baltimore Ravens. It's them continue to do what they have always done. And I will back, I will, I will second this by saying, you know, I will bring in a bet here. 
the the Ravens to win this division is one that I like quite a bit. I don't have the odds in front of me at this moment. I believe it actually it was has like, moved a little bit. Uh, to quote George Costanza, um, the the division it was two it was two ten if I remember correctly. Yeah. So on bet it. on DraftKings now they are the favorite at plus one eighty five. Oh wow. Okay. Cincinnati plus one ninety five. Cleveland. I still like it. Plus two thirty, yeah. I think I think the markets are coming to grips with the fact that the um, the Browns are not going to have Watson for a significant part of the year. Which I'll bring this back here because we're going to go we're going to go with Cleveland here. Cleveland to make the playoffs, by the way, um, mm. is still not a market on DraftKings. So, like, you want to find a two-way market where you can essentially bet the no right now. But not, no right. one really is is putting down um, a, a good price there. But I will take a price here on a team player, and here's why. Um, I'm going to, in the player total market, in the rushing yards market, I am going to uh, go with Nick Chubb. Um, where is the leaders prop here um, that we had last time? Because Nick Chubb, here's his statistic that I wanted to tell everybody. Nick Chubb last year led the NFL 4.4 yards per carry on a, on runs that were not perfectly blocked. So he gained mm-hmm. four and a half yards of carry on plays where somebody screwed up, which is a really good total. And here I'm going to summarize it. No running back had more yards per carry, obviously, when the play was perfectly blocked than when it wasn't blocked. But let's look at running backs with over 100 and... 80 carries who didn't even have that for the whole season. Alvin Kamara, 3.7 yards per carry on all carries. James Conner, 3.7 yards per carry on all carries. Najee Harris, 3.9 yards per carry on all carries. David Montgomery, 3.8. Sony Michelle, 4.0. Antonio Gibson, 4.0. Joe Mixon, 4.1. Ezekiel Elliott, 4.1. Derrick Henry, the great Derrick Henry, 4.2 yards per carry on every carry last year. Um, A.J. Dillon, 4.3 on every carry. Elijah Mitchell, 4.3 on every carry. Josh Jacob, 4.2. Nick Chubb is getting that much in terms uh, of, of yardage, even when somebody doesn't block the play up for him. And, and to me, uh, I think that that's kind of amazing. Most rushing yards this year, uh, Chubb is 8-1. to one. I will take that because, and there's a sneaky thing I think is actually going to happen. With Dearness Johnson being signed, um, as well as uh, Felton, the guy from UCLA being signed, uh, drafted last year, I actually don't know if it's a lock that Kareem Hunt's going to make this team. Wow. And so if he really? doesn't make the team, I think Chubb gets a lot of carries. Um, and I think if, if it's somebody like Brissett playing, I, I don't think the Browns are going to go like out of their way to try to win 10 games with Brissett. I think they're just going to ground and pound and lose games mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and and Chubb at eight to one is is going to be a value there much in the same way that Taylor for a nine and 18 last year was able to win the rushing title um I have nothing I like about this team yeah I get it Moving by the way right by the way people claiming like I, the 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 comment that I love people listen to the show don't get me wrong but like the people are like, oh, you're just virtue signaling when you're like when we when we say what we like the stuff about Watson's like, okay, 
no, like we actually believe this stuff, right? We've actually taken steps to, you know, try to donate and, and, and to try to raise awareness. And the alternative, by the way, is to either not care about sexual assault or to, or to be for it, right? So yeah. like, what do you want the alternative to be, George, to just not care about this stuff, me to not care about this stuff? I, I don't get the whole, oh, you're just a bunch of virtue signalers. It's like, well, if, if, a, if one reminder every podcast that sexual assault is bad triggers you, I think that there's an issue internally there. I would agree. Um, all right, we are on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. What do you like about them? Uh, Cameron Hayward, who, by the way, I interviewed at the Super Bowl. I think it's up on one of the PFF podcasts. Um, he also did an interview with Mina Kynes on her show. Just a, a delightful human being, but also one of the best players in football that no one's talk, like no one really knows about. Um, he was the second most valuable defensive interior player in the NFL last year. And he was actually more valuable and productive last year than T.J. Watt. It, you know, Watt had a lot of sacks, but when you look at pressures, you look at you know the run game, you look at all this kind of stuff. Hayward was actually more impactful than he was last year, um, and I don't think people really give him that recognition. And uh, I think he's deserving of that recognition. I agree with you, and I like that one quite a bit. Um, do you have the odds for this division pulled up in front of you right now? Uh, I, I can get them right now. Here we go. Team Futures. Um, division because winner. Chicken dinner. Steelers are 9-1. to one. That's what I like most about this team. Finally, you can have a team where I think we have some faith that the quarterback should be able to throw the ball 10-plus yards downfield. And um, I really like what they did in the draft. Um, they bolstered the receiving core. They have a, they are taking a shot in a young quarterback. They're actually taking a shot on kind of two young quarterbacks. And um, in a division where you've got one team that has, you know, in, in Cleveland that has just been a complete train wreck, you've got a team in Cincinnati that's coming off a Super Bowl loss. And then a team in Baltimore who, while fantastic, like they're not a juggernaut by any stretch of the imagination. And um, I, I love Mike Tomlin in this underdog role. And um, so I think there's a lot to like about the Steelers this year. I am a Steeler fan in, in 2022, um, which is something Steelers fans should like, given our history together. Uh, not having a water buffalo at quarterback um, should, should help immensely. Right. Um, that, that's big for them. All right, let's move on to the South. Here's one that I really like. We talked about this actually on uh, a prior uh, episode. I think I talked about it on the PFF um, PFF podcast with Sam. Um, the Indianapolis Colts. They're, they're without uh, Matt Eberflus. He's gone. He went to Chicago to be the head coach. But both Darius Leonard and Bobby Okariki, Akira K, I think, but he's Okariki to me uh, still. Um, bid on play action, both of them, uh, almost a half a yard less than, than, than any linebacker, than the average linebacker in football. Both of them did, which is pretty impressive in a division with, you know, passing games as bad as the Jaguars and as bad as Houston's, but also with running games as fierce as Tennessee's. I, I think that that's a, those two linebackers are pretty underrated for. Uh, the Colts. I know Leonard's a star and he makes a lot of money, but this is an underrated part of Leonard's game that I'm that I'm cool with. And I wonder if it if it either goes to Chicago um, with with folks or 
um, or if it stays here. And if it stays here, is that going to be part of an effective defense for the Colts in the post-Everflus era? Um, yeah, I... So, actually, before I... I meant to do a, an ad read before this. And um, let me remind people that if you are looking to enjoy the summer in a way that doesn't require you to make a bunch of pickups in the, you know, the uh, upcoming uh, fall, you should go play best ball fantasy football. And you should do so at Underdog Fantasy. Because the great thing about Underdog is that you do not have to make any in-season moves. You draft the best team possible, the best players play every week, and you can profit. Uh, their best ball mania tournament has $10 million in total prize money. You sign up with promo code PFF, and they will double your first deposit up to $100. And if you play 10 of those dollars with promo code PFF, you get a free PFF subscription. This is a ridiculous deal. Um, there's $10 million in total prize money. And by the way, a trend for you is the winner of last year's Best Ball Mania drafted in June. So you have like 15 days left. Go make it happen. All right. My favorite thing about the Indianapolis Colts. My favorite thing about the Indianapolis Colts is that Frank Reich is the most underrated coach in the NFL. I put him in my top tier of coaches. And even you, a Frank Reich believer, did not have him within uh, a, a tier of me. And with a... I'm in the third Reich. Yeah, apparently. With... Um, well done, by the way. That's a joke. That's a joke. Um, yeah. I'm not in the third Reich. <laughs> with a quarterback who... Let me, let me at least say this about Matt Ryan. He's at least Philip Rivers from a couple years ago. And maybe if, you know, he goes to TB12, maybe he's a little bit better. I don't have a ton of faith there. But the thing I like most about the Indianapolis Colts is they have one of the best coaches in the NFL, an incredibly underrated head coach. They don't have a ton of offensive weapons. And yet somehow I have faith that Frank Reich will make it happen. I, I like that. I, th I think Reich, is a, a, like I said, I think he's a great coach. Um, here's another Okay, so for Tennessee, I obviously, I think that the uh, the head coach, uh, Mike Vrabel, I think he's great. But like from a player perspective, Kevin Byard, I think, was underrated last year. Not underrated, like, I, I think everybody believes he's good. But I think an undersold uh, part of his season, he's the most valuable safety in the NFL last year. 0.55 wins above replacements. Um, you know, I think when you look at a team where, you know, COVID, all that kind of stuff, you know, fell apart for them a little bit, um, safety play can often, we've seen it in Kansas City with Matthew, we've seen it uh, in, in a number of places, safety play can, can glue things together, right? And uh, I think Byard was a big reason that that team was good, even though I don't think the constituent pieces were all that good. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good shout on Tennessee. And Bayard has been super underrated for a while. Um, I, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I think my favorite thing about the Tennessee Titans, and let me be clear, like, I don't, I don't love a lot of parts of this team, but I do really like their defensive line. And it starts with Jeffrey Simmons, who in that Bengals game, which they lost, was an absolute terror, okay? He had 62 pressures in 2021, which was fifth at the position. If, you know, there are a lot of good defensive interior uh, players. Aaron Donald is the best. I'm not sure that Jeffrey Simmons isn't the guy after Aaron Donald 
that I wouldn't want for like the rest of time. I, I don't think he's the best one there right now. Um, but man, he's really good. And I think that's something to be really excited about along with, um, you know, uh, Harold Landry, uh, our good friend, Bud Dupree. That's the strength of this team uh, in Tennessee. Bud Dupree, what a, what a signing that was. Um, right. All right, here's one. I think this article is coming out later this week by the, the interns here. Um, Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence since 2019 has the highest success rate earned on passes that were perfectly covered. Meaning, so we have, you know, we started collecting, I think a little bit more data on sort of like player for player, just like, did they win their coverage matchup? And, you know, much like perfectly blocked runs, we're sort of looking at secondaries where at least one guy screwed up, two guys screwed up, three guys screwed up. And it's like a half a point expected point difference between throwing into coverage where uh, one member of the secondary screwed up versus no members of the secondary screwed up. And apparently, and it's by like one-tenth of one percentage point on success rate, Patrick Mahomes is, for, is, is second if you, know, if you want. Uh, he seems to break all these metrics. All of them are lower than 50% success rate. Uh, it's like 45.1 for Lawrence. Um, but Lawrence last year when the play was perfectly covered actually was like reasonably okay. Um, which is which which is kind of an interesting um, thing to think about uh, as far as his potential because I think we all look at last season as kind of a lost season for him. Yeah, no, um, I, I thought that was um, look. I it's hard to overestimate how terrible that situation was, right? Like mm -hmm. that. You could argue, <laughs> you could argue that was maybe the worst, one of the worst, I don't want to say the worst, but one of the worst like working environments in, you know, in, in America, like, I mean, you know, from a place that was spending as much money as it was on its employees, um, what an absolute nightmare uh, that that was. This was the one where we were kind of similarly um, on the same page because what I wrote down is, the best thing about the Jacksonville Jaguars is that Trevor Lawrence is still alive. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like it could have been, and I don't want to be hyperbolic here, but that had the makings of a, of a career damning year. And I know we saw Jared Goff like overcome what was Jeff Fisher. This was worse than that from a, you know, toxicity standpoint. And he really didn't have a lot of options there, you know, to throw the ball to. So the simple fact that, look, Trevor Lawrence uh, had three games with, uh, sorry, four games with a top 10 graded uh, uh, week in the NFL. He finished the year in week 18 with an 83.8 grade. There were some, some plays and you looked at him make some throws in an offense that stunk that badly. I, there's there's hope there in Jacksonville, um, and, and I you know it starts obviously with Trevor Lawrence. Absolutely, um, yeah, I like that a lot. Oh, why is my my uh, light went out here in the uh -oh. uh, in the podcast studio here? June for everybody, I guess. Oh, it is June. It's it's June for everybody. Okay, athletes adjust there. There we go. All right. Um, okay, last but not least, this one's going to surprise some people. Davis Mills for the Houston Texans was the third most valuable rookie in the NFL last year. Third most valuable quarterback, mm -hmm. but third most valuable player behind Lawrence and obviously Mac Jones generated almost 
three wins above replacement. Davis Mills was more like seven-tenths of a win above replacement. There are people who are looking at Davis Mills this year as a possible like breakout star. I am I'm not one of them, but I do think that there is at least like some credence to the fact that they didn't actually go back into the draft and take a quarterback uh, in this uh, in this year, uh, you know, second year of Mills. I, I'm actually okay with that, especially given what happened uh, insofar as like the, the draft class being terrible at the position. Um, the answer, the right answer here is about a quarterback, but it's not Davis Mills. The thing I like most about the Houston Texans is for once – at, well, let me be careful what I say here. It appears that they could be on the right side of history, you know, going forward. It doesn't appear like they've made the smartest choices in the past. Um, and, you know, if you read that that um, that article recently that came out about, you know, Sean Watson, it looks like they weren't exactly, um, you know, figuring out what was going on. And in fact, may have been enabling it whether they do so or not. But. The best thing about the Houston Texans is that they actually got something for them and they don't have to deal with that anymore. Now, they had to lose a ton of other good players in the process. And who knows if Lovey Smith is going to turn this around? Who knows if ownership has their head in the right place? I don't. But at the very least, they've got a pathway to success that involves rebuilding with draft capital. I don't know that you've got a lot of players on that team that are here when they're good again, to be perfectly honest. But at the very least, there's a pathway there. Um, I also will say this. I like Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is underrated. He ranked 25th in PFF grade last year. He continues to produce wherever the hell he is. And if you're playing fantasy football, he's a guy who might go completely unnoticed because he's on the Texans and you can go snag. Um, you, by the way, can find uh, on PFF.com right now, Dwayne McFarlane, uh, one of the, the best fantasy analysts out there, has his top 150 uh, up on the site. Um, I believe Ian and Nathan do as well. So you can go check those out. Um, I won't tell you where Brandon Cooks is, but I will tell you that he is um, very, very near a receiver uh, in Rashad Bateman, who we uh, mentioned with the uh, with the Baltimore Ravens, who might be getting a chance to produce a little bit more there. So go check that out on pff.com. You can use promo code PF, uh, sorry, forecast to get 25% off, by the way, when you do visit and uh, get yourself a subscription, get your friend a subscription, prepare yourself for the up upcoming season. I can't speak. Maybe it's the heat. I don't really know. Um, prayers out to all of you that are dealing with the, the heat wave across America right now. I, I'm assuming that's why your light went out. Just couldn't handle it. I just couldn't handle it, yeah. I, I went for a run today. Man, it was, it was sweaty. I will say that. Um, I might even go for one after this. Who knows? Try Look to, at you. Try to try to uh you know parlay this this nice weather into into some uh in a, li a little in a little tan a little in, tan into, into some um, fitness let's just say i will tell i will tell you a quick story i um i don't know if, if you know this about me because we haven't worked out together in a while but my workout shoes because i'm a cheapskate have holes in the soles that are just i i I've, I've always known this about you you also the first time i ever met you you had holes in your socks and I always thought that was funny because I knew what you ate, right? Right. Like I knew how well you ate. And I was like, wait, he has holy socks though? Like it was kind of a little, like it was, I was seeing it with my eyes, but I was yeah. not computing it with my brain. 
Yeah, I don't really like to invest in like workout stuff because I just think you can stay in shape for pretty cheap. And um, I've had these shoes for like, God, it might be like five, six years at this point. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I have not missed a, you know, workout. Um, so I they're just torched. I mean, they're barely together. Like everything's broken with them. And um, I went for a run outside and it was hot out and my socks are, you know, there's holes there. And I like halfway through, I'm like running up bleachers and I'm just like, oh my God, my feet are getting torn up. So uh, I can like, I can, I managed, I mean, I worked out today. I did not go for any sort of run uh, today. Do you want to hear something? Yeah, it's crazy like how, so I went to college in in Moorhead, Minnesota, which is near Fargo. And you know, it gets really cold there, like so cold that like the hair inside your nose freezes. But there was one summer day when I was running, you know, 40s to get ready for the season. And I was doing it on the track and my feet like burned, like the bottom of my feet, like burnt, like we're on fire, like literally burned. Like I had like, uh, you know, to, to, to treat them. Mm-hmm. And wow. it is like just crazy, like sort of how out of control the weather, you know, the, the climate can get, you know, to, to, you know, right now they're having a snowstorm in Mexico City. Do you see this? No, I didn't see this. Yeah, so there's there's like there are there's video cameras of like people shoveling snow in Mexico City today, and just it's an intense like hail and all this kind of stuff. So like things are weird out there right now. So take care of yourself, everybody. Stay safe. We'll be back on Sunday, which is Father's Day. So uh, make sure you get your get your dad a gift, Eric. I know you'll pick something out sweet. Uh, maybe we'll have some recommendations, some Father Day recommend Father's Day recommendations as well. Um, I'll have some recommendations from uh, restaurants that I have been to. I've been in the Bay Area, um, which has been a lot of fun uh, visiting my grandpa, who's still holding down the fort out here. And we have enjoyed some good meals. So I'll talk about those um, on Sunday. Stay safe. Stay cool. Love you. Peace out.